Community Matters is powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln, downtown Battle Creek, and at shoplakeviewford.com. I'm Richard Pyatt. Welcome back to Community Matters. Happy to have you with us today, and uh, you'll hear us at 8 o'clock on Saturday mornings on 95.3 WBCK and anytime at battlecreekpodcast.com. Our next guest is the president and CEO of the Battle Creek Community Foundation, Brenda Hunt. Hello, Brenda. Hey, Richard. It's good to have this back on the air again. Well, thank you. It's great to to connect with you again. I've been saying this a lot lately. <laughs> Folks with whom I used to speak regularly to to make these connections again is very nice. And in fact, if you look back uh, on the last five years or so, there's been a few things going on, of course. But as you look at the trajectory of, of the foundation and philanthropy and, and all of those things, are there things that stand out to you? Absolutely. You know, the first thing I have to start with, is it's been such a hard five years for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just hope in 2023 that we can all be well. I have a lot of hope about people's lives and their welfare and in some of that coming back and some of the joy. And it goes right along with good old fashioned being on the radio. Okay. (laughs) As much as the world has changed, everything old is new again. And just being able to talk and personalities and uh, as a community, uh, we, we need your show. We need this moment. So it's pleased to be here. And I am blessed to be at the Battle Creek Community Foundation. We have come through the process of the pandemic and now the post-pandemic period very well. And we owe that to the leadership of the Board of Trustees, the volunteers who lead this organization, and the generosity of this community. What uh, took place as you as you think about those uh, really intense times where things were shut down and that sort of thing? How did you keep the wheels turning it, yeah. when there was so much else to be focused on? Well, you know, we have a, a very important value system here, and it was all about safety and health. And then right after that, uh, being with our community and serving our community, and you need to be present to do that. So we actually opened back our doors up in June of 2020. We were down between March and June Mm. and went uh, many of us back into the office with all the safety that we could possibly muster at the time with what we knew. And it was a choice for staff to do that or not. And so we were open and present. And I can remember people bringing us gifts of money and opportunities and new funds. And we met them there. And so so there was that piece about serving the community and being present and pivoting and making dollars available Um, I think probably the largest single accomplishment during that pandemic was something we knew for some time as funders, and that was that Battle Creek did not have a 24-7 shelter for adults, let alone families. So we had some good work being done with um, day activities, and then the Haven has some very good programs that have some qualifiers to being in them that we had no low barrier men's and women's shelter. And so now we have the Battle Creek Shelter at 209 East Michigan. And basically, if you um, go to the door and you say you don't have a place to stay, and they ask you some basic questions, um, they will make sure they that, that things are safe before they let you in. 
um, as in no weapons and alcohol and those things, you have a place to be 24-7 in this community. Well, you anticipated my next question, which was if you could identify some of the the hurdles that have been cleared since we talked last, what would they be? There's there's one right there, right? Here we are at another point where we can gain some perspective, right? It's the end of the year. You're looking on to 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, what hurdles do we have to clear? Absolutely. So we will continue to need to pay for that shelter because there's not enough housing for everyone. And then we opened women's beds because not all women that are are without shelter, um, are domestic violence uh, uh, abused, and not all of them would fit into in as much house. So we're housing 13 to 16 women a night there, and uh, fluctuates between 30 and 55 men a night. And we still partner with a haven for those night services and, and employ direct staff. So we want people to take care of. So that's on perhaps one end of the spectrum. And on the other end of the spectrum, where we're trying to bring these spectrums actually together is what I see in our future, uh, is the the largest news is at 32 West Michigan, which has been our offices since 2015. It was one of the first buildings developed, redeveloped downtown. And we recently purchased that building as the developer moved out of town. Um, And the Community Foundation Board did that with direction and a plan, making this an enterprise zone. And lo and behold, we have some new businesses opening up in here. And they're what we're piloting are called social enterprises, which is a for-profit with a nonprofit mission. They're not incorporated yet, but the community foundation is setting these models up. And the Giving Cup coffee shop just opened. And a dollar for of every coffee or smoothie sale there goes to the Battle Creek Shelter. So that's the mission part, but it still is a business that needs to make money. Mm-hmm. It's got two young individuals that are studying and want to be entrepreneurs and want to help with downtown and they're leading it and operating it. So trying to stir that entrepreneurial spirit just in that coffee shop itself and with more to come. Um, we have Uh, an apothecary uh, in the building, a homemade uh, soaps and scents. And and that entrepreneur now works for us running um, a rental business uh, out of the Lincoln Room for activities that expands the capacity of downtown restaurants and private events and brings people to our downtown and starting to put uh, vendors in the lobby pop-up businesses. Hmm. And so just using this whole vibe and letting and having the platform for people who are in business to do more business uh, uh, out of out of our location, all is part of this revitalization and this reinventing ourselves as a community. Long-term, the ultimate of that coffee shop vision isn't just to do a dollar for to help fund it. It's someday to have somebody from the shelter actually work in the coffee shop. Then we'll mm-hmm. really know that we're bringing those two ends of the spectrums closer together. And I I think that symbolizes where our work has to go more and more as a community, the for-profit and the nonprofit sectors and the, the folks who have run into really rough times and those folks who are um, able to sustain themselves uh, in, in a healthy environment way, we need to connect this more. And I think that's just a small example of the future. It's interesting, the idea of entrepreneurship as it relates to 
philanthropy and non nonprofit uh, endeavors sometimes is one in which a nonprofit would say, man, you know, it might be interesting to open a business and use that to support our mission, but man, somebody's got to run that. Uh, it, it's going to take some startup costs, you know, all of these things that go through your mind, but the community foundation seems to say, Hey, you know, if we own this building, we could put a shot in the arm for those efforts because you have control over what you can do with that space. Am I reading that right? You've exactly got it. And we can set it up to be one of these businesses and then create it. And as it takes place, if the business model is successful and the social mission component is successful, we can sell that like a business, mm -hmm. right? right? And that will become somebody's business that sustains them while, while they're in this mission and the two are are hooked together, right, as a community yeah. from, from that concept. So we have many more plans for those components um, to take off, but th these are things you can see and feel that we can use ourselves and our placement here to do as a foundation. And we have uh, some trustees who see well into the future. And as we do our grants, we're very gracious that uh, the market's been kind of tough lately. The foundations continue to grow over $140 million in assets. We still have our grant making and access to schools and colleges and technical training is a big part of that for our people. And uh, we're also are doing more nonprofit loans because in some instances, getting the money back and recycling that works very well mm -hmm. uh, with us as well. And a new piece that we're looking at is to what we call local investment fund and local impact investing. So taking a small piece of our assets that are invested and uh, starting a registered investment fund and leveraging other investors to that fund um, mm. to get it to $5 million to open and then start investing in locally in Calhoun County and businesses and opportunities for a return. And this is just the next phase uh, in, in the development of, of our community. And that's a big piece coming the foundation's looking at right now and being the catalyst to get that going to leverage additional dollars. Well, you, you talked about the difficult market and, and that sort of thing. We certainly know and hear constantly and to some extent live it, the the challenges that are out there financially for folks, uh, inflation, lack of affordable housing, uh, lack of housing stock, the, all of these things uh, that are out there, homelessness, uh, all of these issues. Has the battle been harder and... Do you feel in, in light of the successes you've talked about that you've able you've been able to uh, gain enough momentum to push past what's been more difficult? Yeah, I I think society as a whole, there's two things where I'd have to say, unfortunately, we're still battling and I'm afraid we're going to for a while. Number one is I believe the United States, the country has a housing issue. Right. Mm -hmm. And in how how and where people are, are able to make their homes and you see some creativity around that. And I think that there's going to need to be more. Okay. So I think that is a very long-term 
situation that uh, as a country and as a community goes right along with that, that we'll be dealing with all the way from unsheltered individuals to people being able to find affordable quality housing and our housing stock and and how fast we can convert some of our downtown, quite frankly, to Mm -hmm. housing options. So I think that one is, is an ongoing battle for us that was rather uh, we should have seen coming, perhaps, but a big unexpected. Uh, the second one that concerns me, of course, is our mental health status. The things that were coping mechanisms during the pandemic um, have become health hazards now, right? right. And um, I would just say we should never, ever again underestimate the concept of isolation and what it does to people. We are humans and we're built for contact and human touch. We need to be a kinder, gentler society. We've come out of this not necessarily demonstrating our best sides on that with people because they're in pain, they're hurting, they're anger mm-hmm. um, in, in a number of these pieces. So I, I worry about our mental health status, and it's particularly disheartening with our children and our kids and the suicide rates. Are, um, are coming down, younger people, more uh, suicide rates among the younger are, are going up. So I, I really think that this whole getting back to reaching out and human touch piece, that, that, one's, that one's a battle for us. I happen to believe we're going to come out even better, but those are the two big leading ones that concern me the absolute most. Boy, I've been back here for, what is it, two and a half months the behavioral health issue has come up so many times just in these once a week chats that I've been having with folks. Summit Point, the city manager, the mayor, the police chief, we've all talked about this. It comes up regularly, but it seems as though it's getting more attention and more focus. And I would, I would share the hope that you have. Is there a significant thing in 2023 that you expect to achieve or or a goal that you're expecting to reach in that time that you're really watching? Yeah, I would I would say number one, uh, from just from the foundation standpoint, the number one thing we need to do is get this investment fund going is it can invest in housing locally because many of these projects have gaps and we know several housing projects there's one in Albion that we've been watching very closely as well so I think that is a key infrastructure piece when you're putting together capital stacks I also think it moves Battle Creek to the next phase when it says we're worthy of investments and we're investable grade Uh, And people take their investment dollars. It's one thing to use charitable dollars, which is a powerful, powerful concept, but but to use investment dollars and to take that to places like Washington Heights, where um, the Hub of Hope over there, Washington Heights United Methodist Church, they're they're purchasing property to bring that back. Wouldn't that be the great day that we could take an investment fund and do a placed investment there? And that money would be invested for local folks to have access to fix up the properties and live there. And they would be able to keep using those dollars as part of an investment pool. Uh, Those things are possible. And we need to set our eyes like Flint on making those types of situations happen for our community. Not 
not because we want we only want a certain type of person or somebody can afford things, but because that is what our people deserve to be living in, and these communities are valuable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really big one for how you take something mechanical like an investment fund, and then you go, oh, investing in properties and housing in Washington Heights. And it's not a handout. It's not a loan. It's an investment, a local investment. So what do you need to make that happen? What do you need need to to have registered local investors? So it's going to, it costs about a couple hundred thousand dollars to try and get the fund opened. And then if the community foundation, not from our grant making, but takes a million dollars of our assets and puts in there, and then we get some other registered investors, we can get to a $5 million pool and just think about what an investment of a million dollars like that, just as a small beginning, right. can do for a community group that did that. If we can start creating those type of environments for us, that's much different than a loan and it's different than a grant. We probably still need loans and we're certainly going to need grants, but it's expanding the capital that we put into our neighborhoods because our neighborhoods uh, were hurting anyway. That they are where our housing has to begin being Mm -hmm. redeveloped, right? And then the whole transitioning of our downtowns, our future foot traffic for Battle Creek needs to come from downtown housing for people living and working here. And we have some small examples of where that's very successful. Maybe I shouldn't call the Milton small. Um, but, you know, we have 100 people living across the street from our our uh, offices. And I see people with dogs and animals and working and living. And and we've got some some businesses that we're working on creating there, too. So I think that's how it, what it feels like mm-hmm. uh, when I talk about a fund and those things that you would see and what the, and how they connect to like a housing need. So when you're talking about investment in neighborhoods in Battle Creek or Calhoun County. And you need investors to help with that. And we're talking about a specific area in a specific town. What's your base of of potential investors? I mean, does it go outside of the county or do you have to stay with the folks with whom you know you have dedication because they have a, a, a dog in the race? This is their community. How do you do that? Yeah, so very much so. First of all, you hire professionals who do this for a living. Yeah. And and I would dare say most communities our size or larger already have local investment funds. And so it's a, it's a piece in the capital stack that we need. So the answer quickly is we go outside our community. We need okay. registered investors that's, that put money in investment funds. The placements can be individually picked when you're a registered investor in that pool of funds. You can decide to play on this one or not. Mm. Okay. And it's a placement of a number of years with a return expectation. And you can get more granular with the investment when you're focused on Calhoun County versus the state of Michigan versus, you know, from a venture capitalist who works nationally. So this is our local investment fund of which we would be that. And, And it very much so leverages dollars from outside the community, which also says to the community, we're worth it. And That's we've attracted folks from outside that will invest in our community. We've got a lot of great resources here, and we need every one of those. This is that add-on and connection. That's why it's so doggone important for us, and it's why it connects right back to the housing shortage. It's just one example of how you've got to bring capital to the situation to help address the human need also that exists. 
Well, Brenda, we could go on and on, I suppose, but uh, what we'll do instead is reconnect from time to time and check in on these things. And certainly when you have uh, opportunities to talk about some things that are happening, please let us know. Absolutely, Richard. We love having you here. You know that. Thank you. Brenda Hunts with the Battle Creek Community Foundation on Community Matters. 